So much to do before Christmas, yet we already get a little taste of Christmas, it seems, in Matthew's Gospel, the birth of Jesus. And some families, I understand, are already celebrating uh, their Christmas this Sunday. Uh, just too many family gatherings all in one day, so spread it out. Beginning this Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent, I'm already trying to prepare a homily for the children's uh, sermon next week. I remember one time when my nephew was little, I asked him, how should I talk to the children? How should I start? And he said, do you know what happens when you cross a vampire with a snowman? I said, no, what? And he said, you get frostbite. I said, nope, I'm not starting with that one. So I never asked my nephew for jokes anymore after that. But, you know, we're already into Christmas, thinking about Christmas, preparing cookies for Christmas, fixing dinner for Christmas, some people even celebrating Christmas. But it's still um, the fourth week of Advent. And how do we keep that spirit? I think uh, as I'm experiencing this fourth week of Advent, we want to experience it with Joseph. Joseph is, well, he's trying to put himself out of the way so that he's not in the way of the Lord this Christmas. And now, that's kind of the spirit of Advent, really. Uh, it's the spirit of John the Baptist. I must decrease, he must increase. If we're to bring that true gift to each other this Christmas. Now, we look at Joseph and... Uh, in those days, you know the story of the marriage. Um, there are two stages to a marriage. First is the betrothal, and that's when you are legally married, but you don't live together. The bride still lives with her parents for a whole year, and they, they don't um, meet at all during that time. And then a year later, the second stage is it's called the, it's called the coming together. That is, the groom goes out to the bride and they come together under one roof. So it's called the coming together. I like to think that amidst all the people that we're going to be with, um, that what's going to bring the coming together is if, well, if I can just get out of the way, and Christ can be uh, increased, then there will be a true coming together at Christmas. So how is Joseph and Mary ever going to come together? Um, Mary is found with child. So Joseph is um, deeply hurt, to say the least. And so what in those days do you do? People say, well, the, the law was to stone her. But really, in those days, um, the Roman government, the Jews were under the Roman government, wouldn't allow that capital punishment. So his only other recourse was to, to have a public court case and to expose her divorce. Divorce her. It would be a public display of her shame. But there was another way. That is, in Jewish law, you could just quietly, privately, with two witnesses, write a little decree divorce and it would be very quiet 
So Joseph is struggling. He's struggling with himself. He's struggling to put himself out of the way so that the Lord would have his way. And what happens is he has decided to do it quietly, have that quiet divorce rather than a public divorce. And right when he does that, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says so beautifully, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. Well, because he put himself out of the way, I must decrease and Christ must increase. Mary and Joseph are coming together under one roof. Maybe symbolic in that community of the Jews and the Gentiles who hated each other coming together under one roof. We want to have a great big coming together this Christmas. Like I said, some of you are already starting this weekend. I think the best way to do that is to, in the spirit of St. Joseph today, which is also called the Annunciation of St. Joseph, is I must decrease, and he must increase. And then they can be a coming together under one roof. We know, too, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. Tonight, we invite Linda to say a few words about during these three years, which we're trying to get people back to the Eucharistic table, again, to bring us together under one roof, uh, to say a few words about the miracles of this bread, which is born in Bethlehem. Hello. Since it was nearly Christmas, I thought I'll look into some Eucharistic miracles that maybe happened around Christmas time. And actually, there was one that occurred in Poland in the year 2013, not so long ago. On Christmas Day at St. Hyacinth's Church in Legnica, Poland, a dropped consecrated host turned into bloody flesh from place in water to dissolve. And like the other miracles that I previously discussed, it was tested to be positive human heart tissue. And the heart showed signs of experiencing agony. This miracle can still be venerated in Legnica, Poland. However, these types of miracles are not the only ones that have occurred through the centuries, so I thought this would be a good time for us to switch it up a little bit. So as we are beginning to put up our nativity scenes and Christmas is getting closer, two Eucharistic miracles I'll highlight today involve actually barn animals. Yes, even God's animals have recognized their creator in the Blessed Sacrament over the years. The great St. Francis, who became, began the tradition of nativity scenes at Christmas time in the year 2023, almost 800 years ago, is well known for his love of animals. He was often seen carrying lambs around with him as he traveled. He carried them in his arms because he remind, they reminded him of the comparisons of Jesus and lambs in the Gospels. Like Jesus, lambs are meek, humble, simple, and innocent. St. Francis was once gifted with a lamb. And he admonished her to praise God and not to bother the brothers. This little lamb put these suggestions into practice. When the brothers sang in the choir, she would enter the church, bend her knees, and tenderly bleat harmoniously in front of the altar of Mary as if to greet her. And during the celebration of the Mass, at the moment of the elevation of the consecrated host, 
she would bow down with her knees bent as if showing people that were present how to reverence this most holy sacrament. Another great saint, Saint Anthony of Padua, who had great zeal for the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, came across a man named Boninillo. Now Boninillo did not believe in the real presence and openly mocked those who did believe. After trying to convince him with scriptures and arguments and finding him to be as stubborn as a mule, Anthony got an idea. He asked the man, if the mule you ride adored the body of Christ in the Eucharist, would you believe in the truth of the Blessed Sacrament? Boninillo agreed, and they planned to meet in the town square three days later. Anthony would bring the Holy Eucharist, and Boninillo would bring his mule and some food. St. Anthony prepared for this meeting with prayer and fasting, and Boninillo, he prepared by telling all the townsfolk and not feeding his mule at all for three days. He was convinced that the mule would ignore the Eucharist and eat the, the feed ravenously. At the time of the meeting in the town square, St. Anthony stood a distance away from the mule, holding a monstrance carrying the consecrated host, and the man stood in the other direction, holding food for his mule. The crowd was gathered around, watching in anticipation as to what would happen. Amazingly, the animal turned away from the food that was being offered and headed toward the Blessed Sacrament, which was being held high by this great saint. With an uncharacteristic, graceful move, the mule bowed low to the ground, giving proper reverence to its creator found in the Holy Eucharist. It continued to bow until St. Anthony finally gave him permission to rise. The crowd cheered, and the heretic Boninillo immediately knelt down and professed his belief in the real presence. Other witnesses at this event converted that day as well. So, at this very holy time of the year, let us follow the example of these humble creatures and give due reverence to this beautiful gift we have been given in the Catholic Church. The gift of God's holy child brought forth for us on the first Christmas day is still given to us daily in the Holy Eucharist.